This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Steve. Yeah? I'm scared, Steve. What are you scared of, man? We just we just watched Toy Story to review it. Yeah? What's uh, what? What's and all wrong? the toys were alive, and they were you know they they had trials and tribulations all caused by their human owners. And what are you afraid of? Are you are all you... these toys that are on my desk? You're scared of how you've treated your toys over the years, aren't you? Just a little bit. Do you want to? I mean, you couldn't have done anything that bad, right? I feel unsafe. Oh. I'm like the Mangala of oh. the toy world. Jason. You have no idea what I did when I was a kid. Real? Oh, I you... make Sid look like a Catholic schoolboy. Oh, no. You, <laughs> you didn't take him apart and put him back together, did you? I dragged him behind cars. Oh, God, Jason, why would you do that? I crammed one up a dog's poop hole. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, I made my brother swallow 500 Lego minifigures. You They're made out him? there somewhere. You made him swallow them? I buried a howdy doody ventriloquist puppet in the woods. Oh my god, that's just psychotic. You think? You are a toy! Hello everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around its reputation is not only good, it's considered a children's classic, isn't it Steve? Absolutely. I would say the word beloved is not quite strong enough for this no, one. No, it's not. Obsessive love, I yes. think, is a good one. I, children lose their minds watching this movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. What movie could possibly have this effect on, Amer- on, on American youth? Oh, well, what movie from the last uh, generation or so could we possibly be talking about other than the original 1995 first Pixar movie, Toy Story? took my trivia you took my i was gonna say it was the first pixar movie well go ahead you can just cut out me saying it i gave you a pause no i'm not gonna that's you know how much work that is to find it right there steal it from me just steal it from me nobody will ever know the difference (laughs) you have no idea ladies and gentlemen how much i cut out of steve's dialogue (laughs) steve doesn't really say much in this episode (laughs) he usually breaks down crying when he really really likes a movie All right, fine. Toy Story, great, yay! Is an animated movie, but it with them computers. <laughs> yeah, they didn't draw none of it with their hands. No, they made computers do it. Yeah. And then, then they told the computer, "Make a movie, computer," and it went, "Don't tell me what to do." I heard it was Steve Jobs what done it. Steve Jobs. Oh, oh boy. Steve no, Jobs off. made the movie. No, he, he didn't make yeah. the movie. He wrote it, drawed all the pictures. No, he didn't. If anyone knows anything about Steve Jobs, he hates children. So there's no way he made this. He he tried to. He he was constantly trying to make the movie worse. (laughs) How can we we upset the young people in the audience? Mm -hmm. He he created an iPod Junior when they first came out that actually delivered electrical shocks. (laughs) There you go, you little bastards. 
Well, let's stop talking ill of the dead uh, and yes. let's let's go to trivia. Do uh, you have any trivia for this movie, Steve? Uh, yes, I do actually. So as as you mentioned, uh, and as I mentioned, and probably shouldn't have because I stole it from you, but you can just steal it back through the editing as we already discussed. Um, We're not, uh, first, now you said it twice, and now we've got three things that got now, edited now out. There, now there's a double beat, and anyway. Uh, <laughs> First Pixar movie, first feature-length animated, computer-animated movie from anybody, and it was the first animated film of, of any kind, hand-drawn traditionally or computer-generated, to ever be nominated for an Oscar for Best Screenplay, which, which to me is one of the more impressive feats of the movie. Uh, All and, 700 and, of the writers? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I just think it, it would have been, if it had won, it would have been like Best Picture. There would have been like 20 people up on stage, yeah, and they would no. have all been writers. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, the, uh, the the writing credit fills quite a bit of the screen mm. when it comes up. This um, was also the second um, blow to the Oscars because they were really afraid that at some point an animated movie would win Best Picture, mm -hmm. and they needed to do something about that, right? Yeah. So this was another one of those things where the Academy went, oh, but we only want people movies to win. Good ones? Uh. Eh, maybe. <laughs> if it works out that way, great. <laughs> All right, yay! Yeah, what and, a great, uh, great trivia. Well, I have another one, too. No! I have another <laughs> No! Um, so the movie was a big hit, obviously, and mm. it, it led to the production of real toys based on the toys in the movie, including that, a, God a, damn, that's right. Uh, including a, a real Woody doll that was just like Woody in in the movie, where you pull a string uh -huh. and he and he says, "Stepped on it many times." <laughs> and uh, and the Woody doll that you could buy in the store, when you pulled his string, he would say things like what he says in the movie, but it was not Tom Hanks doing the voice no. of the Woody doll. It was, in fact, Jim Hanks, who is Tom yep. Hanks' brother. Who sounds exactly like him. Who sounds exactly like him. And Tom said, I'm not recording tracks for a doll. 99% of the time that you hear Woody selling soap powder on the TV or doing some little interstitial for Disney, yeah. that ain't Tom Hanks doing it. No, they ain't dragging Tom Hanks into a recording studio no. to get him to read commercial copy as Woody. That's right. They're not peeling the Taiwanese boys off of his body and dragging <laughs> oh him onto an airplane, <laughs> trying to get the coke out of his system <laughs> to sit down in front of a microphone. Just to say, we'll be right back after the Disney cartoon block. <laughs> he throws those scraps to his young, his brother. His brother. Jim, get in By here. By the way, that jokes, those jokes are funny if you know anything about Tom Hanks. Yes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay, do you have any more trivia? Uh, Randy Newman wrote, you've got a friend in me in one day. That's what? Really? Wow. I okay. know. And the vocals, like those of every Randy Newman song, sound like he's drunk and singing on the toilet. <laughs> Randy, uh, where am I? <laughs> is he just improvising in front of the piano? And Is this like just the first improv take of this song? <laughs> I should say I should say by the way I really I genuinely love Randy Newman but he sound he every song he's ever recorded it sounds like he's drunk I don't have I don't have an axe to grind against Randy Newman but boy you can tell a Randy Newman song don't make other people sing Randy Newman songs because they wind up sounding like Randy Newman yeah there's a a very he has a, a very loose vocal and lyrical style we'll put it that that's way. right it's very That's loose. right 
All right. You want to know who made this movie? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's directed by John Lasseter. John Lasseter is is the guy who founded Pixar. And and he was like the director of this movie. And he has also directed fuck. A, 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 a bunch of other movies. A bunch of other movies. And, and he's executive producer on all the stuff coming out of Pixar. And there's been rumors that he's a, he's a, he's he's been Me Too'd. He's been yes. Me Too'd. He's, he, he is reportedly not a very nice man in private. In he's close, not a very nice guy doors. to work with. No. He's yeah. got a Woody. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Even though his character, okay, so here's a little bit of trivia. His character is actually based on Buzz. The the two there was uh, who was the other guy that died? I can't remember. I don't know. The other Why guy are you that coming died. Coming here for info. There was that other guy there, and he died. They were like partners. It was John Lasseter and the other guy that died. And the other guy that died was based on Woody, and Buzz was based on on John Lasseter, at least in their physical appearances, right? Okay. Wood, both that. Woody and Buzz are phalluses. It doesn't matter. Buzz is the sound. Uh, a dildo mix. <laughs> I see where the perversion of this movie came it's, from. Uh, it's, it's it's grotesque now that you point it out. Right. Anyway, he's made a bagillion gajillion dollars. So there. Produced by Bonnie Arnold, who is a producer for Pixar, and she's produced Pixar movies. Also by Ralph Guggenheim, and he's a producer for Pixar, and he produces Pixar movies. <laughs> pick a Pixar movie. Screenplay by Joss Whedon. You know who he is. He wrote Buffer the Vampire Slayer, and he wrote uh, Avengers, yeah. and then Avengers: Age of Ultron, and then um, that didn't make nearly the billion jillion dollars that they wanted. And they said, "We have the Russo brothers now, and they're actually better writers." <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> bye, Jaws. <laughs> Go work for DC. <laughs> See how that works for you. But he created Firefly, and he yeah. created Dollhouse, and he's he's a guy, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's been me too too. Yes, he has. Has he? Not I was really. Making that up. Not exactly, but he's well. Wait, his, not exactly. What did he do? His uh, there, there, there are people who would say that that his very well known uh, feminism is kind of performative. Oh, that, so but who's making that determination? The various women who have worked for him over the years. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Also written by Pete Docter, and he wrote he wrote for a lot of the Pixar movies. Is I think he's directed some. Also. Joel Cohen. No, not that Joel Cohen, but a different Joel Cohen who's written Disney movies. Yeah. And he works closely with Alex Sokolow, who also wrote uh, Disney movies. No, really good. Not a big Cheaper by the Dozen fan, huh? No. <laughs> Story by J- John Lasseter, Pete Dogner, Andrew Stanton, and Joe Ramp. This story went through a lot of changes over the years, didn't it? Oh, yeah. The the character names were different. The, oh, the, yeah. the settings were, were make, different. They were going to make a movie after their short film, Tin Toy. And, uh, and Woody was the bad guy in that. And then Disney came in and said, no, how about this? And they went, okay, just please keep giving us money. Are you, are you saying that Disney actually meddled in the production of one of its films? Yeah. Sometimes they, they do good things. Oh. Because a lot of the shit that's in this movie wasn't in the original drafts of the script. <laughs> like, toys didn't give a shit. They were just alive. They didn't have any. They just going on a big life adventure. And then Mickey Mouse came in and flipped over a table at Pixar. <laughs> what are you doing? This is the way it's going to be. This is a movie for children. There are no children in it. Pounding his white-gloved fist on the You don't the understand. Table. I like seeing little children on the big screen. <laughs> God damn it. 
starring Tom Hanks as Woody. Do I? No, I don't. <laughs> He's made some I movies. Don't. If, if you don't know who Tom Hanks is, welcome to planet Earth. <laughs> Leave. Get out while you still can. Get out while you can. You might leave with the with the coronavirus or whatever the fuck it's called. Return to your home solar system immediately. I hope it's called the Cordoba virus because it just sounds better. I wanted a Spanish guy to say, have you protected yourself from the Cordoba virus? Yeah. Sounds better. It does. It, it sounds, sounds like so a, much better. A Bond, a Bond villain. He's made the Cordoba virus. Dr. No is going to release the Cordoba virus. It's it spread through the tango. <laughs> <sighs> Tim Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear and Tim Allen was doing home improvement at the time and here's some trivia there's a Binford toolbox in the movie yeah that's what with, we call an easter egg kids it's called an easter egg and that's because he had a show called home improvement and Binford was the thing on there thankfully he doesn't do his stupid animal grunt noise no thank you movie thanks to the uh, the dialogue editors who cut all of those out because I presume See, some, he was doing it just reflexively in the recording booth <laughs> sometimes when you make tim allen stick to a character he's really good sometimes like in, like in this movie and like in galaxy quest yes the rest of the time when you're just like be tim allen the funny ape man thing the, the, then he's not that's right not all, all you have to do to get a good performance out of him is to force him to ignore all of his natural instincts as an actor <laughs> You're mean. You just wait. Anyway, you know him from the Santa Claus. Yeah. And that junk, that movie about a kid from the jungle. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of really bad Disney comedies. Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't know who those are made for. Are they made for kids? <laughs> I have no idea. Is the one where all the old men get motorcycles, is that for kids? I, yeah. It's for mm-hmm. the young at heart, my friend. It's for the young at heart. Don Rickles as Mr. Uh, Potato Head. Mr. Warmth. Mr. Warmth himself. Perfect voice cast. By the way, fantastic voice casting for this movie. Oh, up and down. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Varney, another dead guy. Yeah. Don, Don Rickles and Jim Varney. Yeah. Jim Varney is Slinky Dog. You, do you guys know who Don Rickles and Jim Varney is? Jim Varney is Ernest. He was Ernest. Hey, Vern. Yeah. And Don Rickles, again, get off the planet, alien, <laughs> if you don't know who Don Rickles is. One of the most famous and influential stand-up comics ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wallace Shawn is Rex. You guys know Wallace Shawn. He was in the very first movie we ever reviewed. That's my right. Dinner, my Dinner with Andre, considered and- one of the greatest movies ever made, and he's doing the voice of a plastic dinosaur. <laughs> and he is doing the shit out of it. He is perfect. He is. You guys will know him from Deep Space Nine and The Princess Bride yeah. and about a million gajillion other character roles that he's played. He's got a high voice like this. <laughs> exactly. John Ratzenberger is Ham, and you'll know him from Cheers. Yep. That's it. <laughs> and from every other Pixar movie. That's true. He is considered their good luck charm. Yeah. He does at least one character, no matter how long the character is. Maybe it's just one line or whatever, but he's always in all of their films. Yeah. Um, also, he's in Blink If You and You'll Miss Him, little tiny cameo parts in Star Wars and Superman. That's right. Yes. Annie Potts is Bo Peep, and you know Annie Potts. She's the girl that everyone wants to have sex with in Ghostbusters. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I know they want to have. I know they want to have sex with her, her cartoon counterpart from the real Ghostbusters animated thing, but that's, that's not true. Annie Potts. No. Wait, did you? <laughs> that's agree with me. That's true. 
<laughs> and she was in Designing Women. Yeah. Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff. John Morris is Andy Davis. He's a little kid. He don't act no more. Laurie Metcalf <laughs> is Mrs. Davis, Andy's mom. And you know Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne. Yeah, yes. And a few other. She was just in a really good movie, and I can't remember the name of it now. Yeah, she is but, a, a multi-time uh, Emmy winner and yes. Academy Award nominee. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Morris. No, I did him. You Eric did. Von Detten as Sid Phillips. Doesn't act anymore. Because uh, he's a little, he was a little kid when he made it. Now he's about thirty-five, and he probably doesn't even tell his kids. You know, the scary kid in this movie—that's me. That's Daddy doing that voice. They're like, they're like, prove it. You're not my daddy. <laughs> my daddy wouldn't do that to toys. R. Lee Ermy as the sergeant of the plastic army men, and you know him from oh, jeez Louise, a lot of oh. a lot of bit parts. He was in Seven. That's right. He was great. He was great in Seven too. Um. um yeah, he was. He, he, well, he metal jacket. Yeah, you know him. Had a when you th- what? had a very unlikely but very successful career as a supporting actor. He turned out he, he was you know the the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket, but he wound up actually turning into a pretty good supporting actor. A very good yeah. supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Freeman is Hannah Phillips. Nothing. She's a little kid. Leave her alone. <laughs> And Penn Gillette as the Buzz Lightyear TV commercial announcer. Boy, they, did they just run out of people? Was, it, was he in town? I don't know. <laughs> hey, Penn, come here. We just got a couple lines. Music by Randy Newman. You want to know our thoughts on him? Uh, rewind this podcast about... 15 minutes. <laughs> Edited by Robert Gordon and Lee Unkrich. They're editors for Pixar because they know how to edit together movies that aren't shot on film. <laughs> it's a good skill to have working for Pixar. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, production company, the Walt Disney. This one didn't come with a cinematographer. Hmm. Want to know why? Why? Because there wasn't one, Steve. They didn't shoot anywhere. There's what? No one they didn't shoot on. Right they didn't shoot any of this on location. They get. They got cinematographers later when they realized they needed them. Uh. The the good looking shots that they got were by accident. <laughs> <laughs> we're just making this for a bunch of dipshit little kids. They're not going to know the difference. <laughs> oh, what a nice shot, mommy. <laughs> Production company, Walt Disney Productions. You know, when they show them from below and they're staring out at the stars, it gives them a feeling of isolation that they normally wouldn't have just through dialogue. (sighs) Exactly. Timmy Grandpa's dead. What? Oh, my God. I took you to the movie to to, to ease the blow and watch watch the cartoon. Now I understand the existential anxiety of the toys. Is that mean boy going to kill Woody and Buzz? (laughs) If Andy dies, does that mean the toys die too? (laughs) We know that's not true. No, that's true. I think Woody is Andy's father's toy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as near as I can tell... Andy's dad is dead or something. He's not He's know. not around very much, whatever the deal is. And he died fairly recently because they got a baby in the house. Yeah, oh, that's right, yeah. Unless that's a step a stepsister a se- or a or a half sister, a half yeah, sibling. Yeah. Well, well whatever. She, like like Andy's mom had sex with the neighbor guy and now they've got that and the neighbor guy's like not another one. Not touching that. You can't prove it. You're not getting my DNA. Well, why don't we just make the Toy Story universe even darker? <laughs> no, it's, it's already... She has no idea who the parents of her children are. It's already one of the darkest children's franchises ever. <laughs> 
All right, where were we? Oh, production company Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation Studios, distributed by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. You fucking, that's just Walt Disney again. Jeez. <laughs> what are you trying just to pull, it, Disney? Yeah, trying to trick us. <laughs> Release date, November 22nd, 1995. Running time, 81 minutes. Yay! <sighs> Budget thirty million, box office three hundred and seventy three point six billion, making it a smash hit. And I had to buy so many fucking toys. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that a movie called Toy Story about a bunch of toys would spawn yeah. so much merchandise? I know. They tried really hard to get uh, lots of companies to sign off on putting toys in the middle of it, and a lot of them just didn't think it was going to be a hit, and they didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like, the, the army, the bucket army was going to be G.I. Joe's. Barbie was supposed to be in the movie at some point. I don't know. I, yeah, because, yeah, they don't call him G.I. Joe, right? They call him Combat Carl. Yeah, they call him Combat Carl. Because, stays, yeah, because they, they couldn't get G.I. Joe, yeah. And I think all of the dolls that were in the neighbor's house with no heads, those were all supposed to be Barbies, too. And I guess I guess Mattel looked at the script and went, you're doing what with our what? Yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> all right, Steve. Let's pretend like we have a child soul. Yay. And let's run into the animated magic that totally holds up. The animation <laughs> holds, holds up. I, I, I'm just... It's hard to lie. Um, <laughs> and let's run into the world of Toy Story. Oh, Steve, yeah. take it away. Well, we start out with Andy, a young kid who's playing with his toys. And, and missed his Ritalin. And he, yeah, he's, 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 got, uh, he's a- acting out a little scene. Uh, it's the scene of a bank robbery. And Mr. Potato Head is a bank robber. And yeah. and he's got an, uh, a, a a slinky dog who is like his his accomplice, and he has a bunch of hostages who are played by like Bo Peep and her sheep, and uh, yeah. And then Sheriff Woody shows up to save the day. That's right. And and he's just playing with toys. Yeah, he's just limb, playing he's with just... his toys. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the whole movie? <laughs> is it not like moving, walking, talking toys? It's like this kid playing with toys for the next hour and a half. I hope it's just 90 minutes of this kid playing with his toys. <laughs> I don't because the kids. A little, um, yeah, <laughs> he's a little hyperactive. He's a little bit. So then, but then he uh, he get he gets called downstairs by his mom because apparently it's his birthday and the guests for his birthday party are gonna arrive soon. Um, oh, that's why he's so hyper. Yeah. So he's playing. And it's made clear yeah. that Woody is his favorite. Yeah, Woody is his favorite. <laughs> Woody's like a cowboy toy, and he has a pull string. He's a rag. He's like a dog, a doll before they knew how to put joints into stuff. And right. He's like like a soft. He's like a soft toy, but he's got a pull string and a hat. And yeah. He's like he's got a badge and stuff. Yeah. And he runs downstairs, and the mom's like, "Shut, shut, shut up, please, please." It's just, oh God, I can't take this all day. With, I'm a single mom with two kids. I'm so just. Please, I'm doing what you want, and I'm doing it. You're getting a party, okay? <laughs> Just leave me alone. And so he he throws Woody against a wall in his room and goes downstairs, and all of a sudden, all the toys come alive. Yeah, that's yeah. As soon as as soon as no humans are around, that's like the, right. the, the that's where we get the conceit of the whole franchise. When there's no humans around, the, the toys come to the life. Horror music starts to play and. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah. Um, yeah, go. Well, and Woody seems Woody seems uh, surprised that the birthday party is today. 
So yeah. he calls uh, what he refers to as a staff meeting, and, and all, right. all the other toys come out of the toy box and out of the closet, and they gather around, and Woody uses uh, the tape recorder microphone as, like, a, an amplifier, and yeah. he go he, and they have, like, a little town meeting with Woody as, like, the mayor. Where, He's going know. over stuff what yeah. happened that week. And they had, like, a plastic erosion awareness, apparently, that went really good. Yeah. And we meet all the toys, and one of them is a big plastic dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex, made for, like, a four-year-old. Yeah. And um, Mr. Potato Head and a piggy bank that's plastic yeah. named Ham and uh, Bo Peep, who, because, okay, so answer me a question. Uh-huh. We see the outside of the house. It's pretty big. Oh, yeah. Why is he sharing his room with his baby sister? It's a good point. I don't know. Is he delirious from fatigue because his baby sister cries all night long <laughs> mom please i'll sleep in the living room anything no, it doesn't shut up <laughs> please you'll stay in there while my gentleman friends are over. Yeah. mom why does my door only lock from the outside <laughs> are you sleeping good because all i hear is moaning <laughs> are you having another nightmare mommy how many more uncles can I possibly have, Mom? <laughs> anyway, look at us. We're just ripping right into this she classic is, children's she film. She is a woman with needs. Okay? <laughs> That's right. PG&E bills, lighting, lighting bills, water bills. <laughs> Anyway, so we meet them, and who is, am I missing anybody? I think you oh, covered there's all the, RC, There's a radio-controlled car. The car, and of course the army men. Yeah, and the army men, a big bucket of army men. Yeah. And um, Bo Peep's kind of, kind of, she kind of likes him. Yeah, she's sweet on Woody. Yeah. yeah. And so he does his thing, and he goes over the thing, and then he tells everybody that the birthday party has been moved to today, and they all freak out. Why do they freak out, Steve? Well, because they're all worried that if Andy gets a new toy, then he'll forget about them. They have a lot of anxiety about new toys coming into the house. Right, but yeah. not Woody. No, because Woody Cause has Woody's, nothing to worry about. Woody's his favorite. Yeah. He knows because his 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 boy god has written his name on the bottom of Woody's foot. <laughs> exactly. And the boy god is good, and everyone should worship the boy god. Absolutely. Right? It's the center Don't of their worry. universe. That's right. Yeah. And so um, then... <laughs> He calms everybody down and he says, look, I'll send the army men, all right? Yeah. Because they look out the window and they see the kids coming in with presents. And he's like, look, I'll send the army men down. They'll check it out. Then everything will be fine. Okay, God damn it. Just shut up. <laughs> and he does it. And the army men go down there and they have a little adventure and they, they use parachutes and jump ropes to get the other walkie-talkie for the room monitor for the baby. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy's little sister. And um, now it makes me wonder, is his mom even using that? Because that's like the important part of the monitor. The kind of, that's the part the parent carries around. Right. That's not supposed to be in the same room as the baby. Uh huh. His, his sister could be choking on probably one of his toys, which is why you don't share a room with an older child because they have little parts that they can chew mm. on and swallow. Baby died with anyway. a mouthful oh. of army men. We forgot about Slinky Dog, too. Yeah. And also, by the way, Andy's room is totally a room that any kid can relate to if they were fucking born in 1950-fucking-five. <laughs> like the people that made the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> there is no 
not a single modern toy or a version of a modern toy in his room. That's okay? true. He's got he's got a fucking etch a sketch. Yeah, a bunch of board games, and then the toys that are there is Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, he doesn't have a single. It's 1995. Yeah, Andy is turning 10 years old. He would have every single Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure spread all over the floor of his room. Oh, for sure. For definitely, maybe even some old Ghostbusters toys. Who knows? But nope, nope, nope. Couldn't he get has the toys. Couldn't get the licensing for those. But I mean, they should have at least come up with because yeah, they did have like some fictionalized versions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I guess they just went like army men. Woo. <laughs> Whoop de shit. Yeah, but he whatever. Anyway, so the army men get down there. One of them gets stepped on. Yes. They're they're acting like army guys. They hide in the plant, and then the the sergeant is looking out, and he's giving a report about what the kids give him. And it's like a lunchbox and uh, sheets. <laughs> and Mr. Potato Head says, "Who invited that kid?" <laughs> but I guess none of the other uh, none of the other gifts because we saw a lot come in and we saw the stack of them. None of them were toys. So we got socks, uh, you know, shirts. I mean, yeah. he didn't get a single fucking other toy than yeah. the one that's important to the plot. Steve, I, I don't think any of those kids should be invited to any more parties. If, oh. I, if I were Andy, I'd be like, all right, we'll cross them off the list for next time. Right. And then he gets a big toy, and he's opening it up, and then they get, it's garbled. They lose the transmission, right? Yeah. And Andy's really excited about it, and they all have to resume their positions when Andy left. So Andy goes up to what is considered the primo spot in the, in the toy room, right? Right, his bed. Which is on the bed, yeah. on the pillow, right? And all the other toys know that he's Andy's favorite. And they're like, whatever, Andy. Whatever, Woody. Fuck. When, and then... And then his boy god comes in, and what does he do to Woody? Uh, he swipes him off the bed. And against the wall, yeah. and falls under the bed. And they're all playing, and they're all freaking out, and he's like, oh, lights up and blinks, or whatever. And then her mom calls down and says, please, children, <laughs> please come downstairs. We're playing games now. <gasps> Yeah, oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he even have video games? Not even no. handheld ones? I don't think. No, he, not even those little, like, uh, tiger handheld electronic games. He's playing. His None. favorite toy is a doll from the 1950s, which is established in the second movie. Well, that's why he has such shitty and friends. And he's a who don't, freak. <laughs> he has such shitty friends who get him bed sheets and you lunchboxes for get, birthdays. He didn't get toys. He asked for those things. He wanted a lunchbox. He wanted that shit. That's why he didn't have any other toys. And as far as we know, his his Maggie, his little baby sister, has no toys at all. <laughs> she has a lamp. God, these kids are such losers, you know? It's, it's tough for a single mom, okay? She just can't buy everything that he wants. Yeah, God. Anyway, Annie leaves again. Thankfully, he closes the door behind him. Yes. Which is unlike any child I have ever met. That <laughs> door doesn't start getting closed until they're a teenager and they have shit they want to hide from you. <laughs> and then they start the padlocking the day, it. Kids could be standing naked, you know, shoving Lincoln logs into their pee hole <laughs> when they're five years old. Door wide open. Your boss is over for dinner. And you're like, and this is my son. And you, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> and your wife's like, it's healthy exploring. He doesn't know. And I'm like, it's still upsetting to me. <laughs> Can he not explore while my boss is here? <laughs> it's only until the, the, the boy discovers or the girl discovers what those parts are down there that that door gets closed and a request for a lock is eventually made. <laughs> and it never opens again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So they leave, and everyone's like, "What's up on the What's up on the bed?" And Woody comes out of the bed, and they're like, "Oh, Woody, what happened?" And he's like, "Shut up, everyone, shut up! I'll kill you." <laughs> it was an accident. It means nothing. He, I know, yeah, that's what, he, he apologizes like an abused wife. He didn't mean it was. I'm sure it was nothing. He just he, he uh, to pay attention, and he I, threw me across the room, and I fell into the bed. I provoked him. I, it was my fault. <laughs> I provoked him. I, I provoked the boy god. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'll go up and see what's up there. And what's up there? What, what's up on the bed in his spot? What's up there in his spot is a brand spanking new Buzz Lightyear action figure. He's a space he's man a guy. Spa- he's an astro, a space ranger. That's right. And he's got like a little light that blinks for a laser. And he's got buttons that like make voices yeah. digitally. And he's got wings that pop out and blink. Yeah. And he has a, a delusional um, psychological problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he Buzz doesn't know that he's a toy. He thinks he is Buzz Lightyear, an actual astronaut on an actual mission from Space Command. So that's yeah. right. All the toys meet him, and, and they, he seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He's, pretty, he's a nice guy. He's accepting, even though he's a little crazy. Yeah. And um, and uh, Woody is like, you're a toy. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, you are. And, and you can't fly, even though you have wings. You can't fly. You're stupid. I hate you. <laughs> don't, don't touch my man god, my boy god, okay? We're going to be together forever. <laughs> And then, and then Buzz says, I can fly, and he climbs up a bedpost, and he jumps down, he bounces off a ball, he lands on a, a Hot Wheels track, and I was surprised he had that. <laughs> That's newer than like, 50 oh, years a old. A, a toy that a kid would have. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, Hot Wheels are pretty old, they would too. They would have had those back in the day, too, yeah. Um, and then he uh, flies the air, gets attached to another child's toy that's like five years too young for him, and he <laughs> flies around the room, and he lands back on the bed, and he says, I can fly. And all the other toys are like, you're awesome, right? Yeah. And then we get a montage. Oh, yeah. It's the times they are changing montage. When, yeah. uh, Randy Newman comes in and he goes, and we're like, what's going on? And we see that uh, Woody's slowly getting replaced. Right. Which exactly. It's we, gradually we see like he had drawings of Woody up on, on the wall and then they were replaced with drawings. And it was a of Western Buzz. theme room. Right. Yeah. Now the sheet, the bed sheets are Buzz Lightyear sheets instead of Western sheets. And yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Now it, 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 it seems like maybe. Maybe, I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but Buzz is his favorite toy now. Yeah, and also the other toys like Buzz a lot. They sure do. Because he interacts with them. And he doesn't just boss them around. And he's like he's like a nice guy. He's just a little crazy. <laughs> Weird how people seem to appreciate that. Yeah, and meanwhile, Woody is getting bitter and, and more angry. And then one night, the boy god sleeps with Buzz in the bed and puts Andy in the toy box. Yeah, uh-oh, that's not good. That's not good that's at not all. Good. Woody's not going to... He's Something's got to be done. Something's got to be done about this. Some, something like murder. <laughs> so... <laughs> So one of the th- plot threads that we put in that they put out there is that they're moving. Right. They're moving. Andy's mom has black widowed too many guys yeah. and they've got to move and change towns. Exactly. The people in this neighborhood are starting to ask questions. That's right. Yeah. People are showing up at the door saying, "My husband was he he wrote this address down. Do you know anything about it?" And she's like, "Ha ha, no." <laughs> Goodbye. And the back backyard can't hold anybody else no. so they've got a leave it's an arsenic and old lace type situation yeah, yeah. it's a black widow yeah. situation yeah yeah and so they're they're moving and everyone's talking about 
moving and people are kind of packing stuff up. And Woody gets a really he, he what he wants what he hears is mom says we'll go to Pizza Planet and and Andy goes yay and and can I bring a toy and she's like yes and Woody thinks he's gonna pick Buzz because I would have picked Buzz because Pizza Planet sounds like a sci-fi themed pizza place <laughs> and I'm not bringing a fucking cowboy to the pizza place. Right, you don't bring thematically incongruent toys to pizza places. It just doesn't happen. Also, if you're 10 years old, you just generally don't bring toys places. Also, but that's okay. An excellent point. Andy's got problems. Andy's Andy's just he's his own he's his own person, you know? He's sitting on a lot of denial, Steve. Anyway, so he's Woody's convinced that he's going to take Buzz and then he gets a crafty idea that he'll push Buzz into the crack between the desk and the wall. Right. And then when Andy comes in, Andy will pick him and then there'll be everything will be fixed, right? Absolutely. He's not the old wife. He'll be the new wife again. Exactly. He's right? he's he's getting into uh, Hitchcock character territory here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't understand that his god is a fickle god. No, no. So he uh, grabs the controller from RC, which was the first mistake in his plan. And um, he gets Buzz to try to look down the crack and he runs RC at him and misses him. And then a whole bunch of hijinks, a, a globe falls and, and, and then a lamp swings around and it knocks Buzz out the window. Oh, yes. And all the other guys are running up going, what happened? They knocked Buzz fell out the window. And this is where the plan starts to fall apart because RC, which is a sentient toy, just like all the other toys, rats Woody out and says, no, he pushed him out. And Woody's like, no, I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to push him. And they're like, you were jealous and all this other stuff. And you're bad and we don't like you. And, and you tried to kill Buzz. Let's murder him. Let's kill him now. Let's rip him <laughs> apart. Let's feast on his stuffing. We'll do it. <laughs> but before that can and happen. Andy walks in and Woody's head has been impaled on a sharpened pencil. And <laughs> Andy's like, I do not remember doing that. <laughs> but there's a lot of things I don't remember I have blackouts. Doing. He turns and looks at this cat that's been dissected in the corner. I don't remember that either. I'm not upset, but I don't remember it. I don't feel any kind of way about it. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to a little disappointed. <laughs> it didn't last as long. <sighs> anyway, he grabs Woody. <laughs> he grabs Woody and leaves. Yeah. And he gets into the car and they're driving the pizza plant. But first, they've got a... Oh, and Buzz sees them leave and he jumps on the car. Right, because Buzz is in the bush below the window. And yeah, he sees him get into the van. So he runs and grabs and grabs onto the back of the van mm-hmm. before it pulls away. Right. And then uh, Mom needs to get gas. So she stabs the gas station. And she's getting out. And he's like, can I help bump the gas? And she's like, sure. And so Andy gets out. And um, where is the baby? Oh, I guess I, the baby must be in there somewhere because they have the baby. She must have had to take the baby with her. Yeah, because the baby is with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The baby rides in the front seat a lot because we didn't realize that that was deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in a car seat. Not even with a seatbelt. Just crawling around. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, the window is open. Just go, just go, look, go, look. go. 
<laughs> anyway, so now Woody is alone in the car and he gets confronted by Buzz. And Buzz is like, you tried to murder me. And he's like, no, I didn't. And then they get in a fight and they fall out of the car that the mom had left wide open. Yes. For anybody to take. And then they roll underneath the car and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. And then mom somehow comes back, puts gas in the car and then leaves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're there. And now they're left behind at the gas station. And, and Woody has a horrifying epiphany that he is that now is, a lost toy. He's now a lost toy. And boy, oh boy, Buzz and him hate each other. Oh, and boy. he tries to convince him again that he's a toy. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's going to take off. He's going to leave. Right. Right. And then he almost gets run over by a truck. And then Woody realizes, I can't go back to the toy room, because if I do, and I don't have Buzz with me, they think I, I murdered him. So right. I have to bring, Buzz has to come back with me. And so then he convinces Buzz to get into a, a conveniently placed truck that delivers pizza for Pizza Planet. Oh, how about that? That's cool. And then they drive in that, and there's some hijinks in the back where he gets smashed by a toolbox. And then they get to Pizza Planet, and is it a sci-fi-themed pizza place? It is a sci-fi-themed pizza place. Yeah, it's like Chuck E. Cheese, but with, like, sci-fi Exactly. Stuff. That's exactly what it is, yep. And Buzz is convinced it's a spaceport, and, and Woody is just looking for Andy so that they can sneak back into, I guess, the, I don't know, the kid's stroller? That's Well, that, that's ultimately Woody's plan. Yeah, he's going to jump onto the stroller as they walk by, but Buzz has other ideas. He sees what is actually a, a claw machine, but it's in the shape yeah. of a rocket. And Buzz thinks that's right. a rocket that he can get on and fly back to wherever he needs to go in space. Right. Yeah. And Woody has to go back and get him. Yeah. And um, I really wish that the chest burster game, that's like a whack-a-mole oh, game. Isn't that great? I really wish that was a real thing. It's one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie. It's <laughs> such a dark joke. It's like, <laughs> it is very dark. You're whacking aliens that are popping up out of the body of a dead person. <laughs> with blood. With There's blood, blood on them. Blood. It's such a cool visual, and it's way too macabre for a kid's movie. <laughs> or like a, a, a family-themed restaurant. Mm-hmm. So they jump into the rocket and it's filled with these little alien toys. They got three green. They have three eyes and they're little and they're green and they're in a cult. Yes. They worship the claw. They worship the claw because the claw selects them and then they believe they're going to Nirvana. Right? (laughs) Yes. And guess who shows up to play? Oh, we forgot this part. Yeah, Sid, the psychotic neighbor. So earlier in the movie, we get to see Sid, the psychotic neighbor child who blows up toys, blow up a toy and all the toys are afraid of Sid. Right? Yeah. Because he's destructive. He, he destroys his toys for fun. I was Sid as a kid. <laughs> I was I was more of a Sid than the psychotic Andy, who's just... Andy's got problems, Steve. He does. He does. He has... I mean, honest to God, if you were visiting a friend's house and you said, oh, and this is Andy, and this is Andy's room. Number one, it's too clean. It's too clean. Yeah. The bed's always made, right? Yeah. Number three, half the toys he's playing with are made for a four-year-old. <laughs> He's a little emotionally and, stunted. And there's not a modern toy in his room with the exception of one Buzz Lightyear action figure. That's that's not normal. That's not... Well, mm, look, we've no. already established that his father is most likely dead, that, uh, you know, if our speculation <laughs> is true, that his mother has welcomed a whole parade of, of, male, of male partners into the home, it's very confusing for the child. Uh, uh-huh. He has to share a room with his infant sister. Like, there's just a whole bunch of shit going on that this kid has to deal with. Besides the fact that you know, you know, there's at least two other bedrooms in that house. There, mu- there have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
One is the sewing room. Mm-hmm. I'm using finger gestures on a podcast. <laughs> what it actually is is there's a swing harness attached to the center beam. <laughs> you have to wonder, why isn't Andy allowed in the sewing room? It doesn't sound mm-hmm. that bad. And the other one is the naughty room. Ah which is a blank room with a concrete floor and a single chair in the middle where Andy goes when he's bad. (laughs) The windows are blacked out. What windows? (laughs) Okay, sorry, bricked up. (laughs) Bare cinder block walls. Mm -hmm. Don't go through my dresser drawer again. Click, and the door closes. (laughs) And you won't see her for another 12 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so we've anyway. So Sid's at the pizza place, and he's gonna play the crane game. And he grabs a hold of uh, uh, one of the guys, and he's like, "I'm going to Nirvana." And he leaves, and, and and then that toy's gone. And then he sees Bud Light, Buzz Lightyear, and he's like, "I'm gonna get that one." And this is apparently one of those rare claw games where you don't sink twelve to fifteen dollars into it trying to grab one fucking off-brand Snoopy plushie. No, apparently this that machine, you get like something every time. gasoline when you finally get it. <laughs> this is one of those claw machines where you get something every single time. Yeah, and he manages to grab Buzz. And Woody's like, no, and he grabs Buzz, and then he lifts them both up, and, and now Woody and Buzz have been captured by Sid. Uh-uh-uh. And he puts them in the backpack, and Andy's very, uh, Andy, Woody's very afraid, and um, Buzz is not, and they we go to Sid's house, and Sid takes the little green three-eyed guy, and the movie takes a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does. He takes the three-eyed guy, and he feeds it to his dog. Oh, no. Boy, and, oh boy, and, Steve. And he... <laughs> you know, I was watching this movie going, well, it's probably aged a little bit. It's aged a lot. I want to cover this right now. <laughs> Andy and any other human person in this movie is a monster creation. <laughs> <laughs> they're nowhere near the uncanny, uncanny valley because none of these people look, they're, none of them are good. They all look kind of sick. They yeah. all look like they've got some kind of weird disease. Their mouths don't move right. Their bodies don't move right. They've given Sid braces. Yeah. And yeah. the topper is this dog, where the eyes look like they've been glued on after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, to their credit, they have improved over the years, but the boy, Steve, what we <laughs> thought was amazing back in 1995 <laughs> is not holding up now. <laughs> Anyway, we meet Sid's Sid's sister. Yeah. And uh, Hannah, Hannah Hannah has a doll, and Sid grabs the doll and then runs up to his room and removes the doll's head and puts a pterodactyl head on top of the doll and offers it back to her his sister, who screams and cries. Yeah, he's he's an imaginative lad. He is. Our Sid. He's very creative. And he has, like, death metal posters on his wall, and he's got a yeah. skull T-shirt, and um, he spends the day torturing Woody and Buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that seems to be his only hobby is torturing uh, toys. But it's okay because they're not alone, Steve. Because they've got, they've got, um, they have, they have toys. There's toys in in the room, right? He, that yeah, absolutely. Like a baby doll head with all of its hair cut off on on a on a uh, what is it? What is it? An erector set spider it looks body? Like a, yeah, it looks like a spider body made out of an erector set. It's uh, great to know that there's still kids who play with erector sets in 1995. I oh, know. wait a minute. 
No, there weren't. <laughs> uh, uh, there's also uh, a toy fishing pole with doll's legs. Yes. Um, what else is there? Oh, there's a jack-in-the-box with a hand instead of a head. Yeah, big green monster <laughs> hand. Um, there is a frog that has got a racing car shoved inside of its body. Right. And there is a pilot action figure who has been nailed to the front of a skateboard. <laughs> So, also, also, there is yeah. a duck Pez dispenser that has been given a muscle man torso and arms. Yes, yes. And so they're they're scary, and um, they get they get stuck there, and then the next the next day, because Woody's like, we gotta get out of here, we gotta get out of here, because he's gonna kill us. <laughs> I think Woody even says that at one point. He does he say actually, that. He said, "We're we're going to die. We're going to die." And so he goes up to the window, and he sees uh, he can see all the way across the street to Andy's room, and the guys there see him, and he's like, "Hey guys, it's me." And he's like, "No, no, this is after. Okay, this is after." this so they at some point sid leaves the door open probably because his mom said time to drink turpentine and he ran out of the room (laughs) oh boy (laughs) it's a christmas already and so (laughs) buzz and and woody sneak out and they're going to try to escape but there's a problem the dog is at the bottom of the stairs and woody can't sneak past him and buzz wanders off on his own and wanders into the i guess the den where the dad is asleep having masturbated to probably some sort of workout video (laughs) and there's a commercial on the tv yeah and what is it a commercial for it's a commercial for buzz lightyear oh no Uh oh buzz finds out all the truth uh oh and it says wanted epiphanies a a go-go and it says down at the end not a flying toy oh buzz i'm sorry buddy and then we get another randy newman song yeah he's like i'm a toy and i found out i'm having an existential crisis (laughs) not one of the more memorable numbers from the soundtrack (laughs) who am i what am i doing so Randy just said, I'm just going to sing the themes of this scene literally. Is that cool with everybody? <laughs> and so Buzz climbs up to the top of the railing because they're upstairs. And he says, I'm going to fly and I'm going to fly out that window. And he jumps and he falls down and he breaks himself. Yep, breaks off one of his arms. And he dies. And he's <laughs> dead. <laughs> the end. Cut to black no, credits. His arm popped off. <laughs> yeah. So then yeah. Woody's looking around for Buzz. And um, he fell in a closet and, and uh, some Christmas lights fell out. And he finds Buzz. And Buzz is drunk. Yes, he's been having a little tea party with Hannah. With Hannah. And Hannah is actually using his arm to serve the tea to all of her headless doll friends. Yes. And Woody's like, come on, Buzz, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And he's like, I just, I I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to be a toy. This sucks. Fuck your, your boy God. (laughs) Drags him back in the room. Buzz is wearing a apron and a hat. He has a great yeah. hat in there. He says, at least say I look good in the hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's bummed out. He's bummed yeah, oh, out. Yeah, big time. So yeah. um, uh, Woody goes up to the window. Then he sees the guys across the way and he's like, hey, guys, wait there. And he runs back, grabs a string of Christmas lights. And this is how we find out just how strong Woody is as he manages to throw 30 feet's worth of Christmas lights <laughs> between his w- window in Sid's room and Andy's room. And they yeah. grab oh, it. And Mr. Yeah. Potato Head is like, wait a minute. Why should we trust him? He's just going to come over and kill the rest of us just like he killed Buzz. 
And <laughs> Woody's like, no, I didn't do that. Wait a minute. And he runs off and he can't get Buzz to come to the window. So <laughs> he grabs his arm. He uses the severed arm. And pretends that Buzz is up there. And then they don't buy it. <laughs> they don't buy it at all. And then they see Woody just standing there with Buzz's severed arm. <laughs> And they're like, fuck you, murderer. And they drop the thing. And he's like, no. And uh, Sid comes in because he's got a package. Oh, and also earlier, Sid tortured Woody with a magnifying glass. Right, yeah, he burned him a little bit by with yeah. magnifying the sunlight, yeah. Yeah, so now he's got this little dot in the middle of his forehead that disappears. Anyway, um... <laughs> it gets better. He gets I guess he heals. He heals. Um, <laughs> like toys do, like plastic toys do, you know. Yeah, um, and through, uh, he's like, come on, Buzz, let's go. And he's like, no, forget it. He's like, fine, die. I don't care, you deserve <laughs> what happens to you. And he hides underneath the, the underneath the milk crate when Sid comes in. And Sid, Sid, someone, somewhere, sold Sid a giant firework that's in the shape of a rock. It, right yeah that's that's not very responsible and he decides he's gonna strap this rocket with tape onto buzz and then he leaves because someone told him that they're eating pop tarts for dinner or something i can't remember <laughs> and um then woody woody says look uh, i know you're not i know you don't you're bummed about being a toy and everything but it's okay because being a, a kid's toy is one of the greatest things ever seriously they, they casually forget that you exist <laughs> <laughs> they have no regard for your personal safety whatsoever. That's right, and you know. But aside from that, when you get when you're played be when you're played with, it's the greatest thing in the world. And Buzz is like, I don't care anymore. And and that's when when uh, Woody kind of admits that he's jealous and all this other stuff, which we already knew. Yeah. We already knew all this, but he's strapped underneath a milk crate because. Sid's machinations he put a heavy toolbox on top of his thing on top of yeah. his uh, whatever yeah. and they, and it's raining so we can't set off the firework right away anyway so he takes a nap yeah he's asleep Mm-hmm. And there, and and I can't remember what causes what causes Buzz to change his mind and try to free Woody. I can't remember. I don't know exactly what it was. It was just it was you know Woody telling him you're a cool toy. Oh, and then he looks at the at yeah. the brand that had that the boy god put on the bottom of Buzz's foot, and then he's like, "Well, I'll get you out of here." And so he pushes the milk crate over the edge of the desk, and then Woody gets out, and then um, the alarm goes off, and Sid wakes up, and it's already morning, and oh no, the moving bus the moving vans here Andy is going to leave forever and and then Sid leaves with Buzz and the rocket. Uh-oh. And Woody's like, "Okay, we got to come up with a plan cuz we got to save Buzz and we got I got to get next door. Come on, toys that are tortured." <laughs> <laughs> because for a little while they think that the toys are cannibals. Right, but then it's actually the cannibal toys that help that that repair Buzz's arm. Yeah, and they try and to they fix each other. They're not acting. Yeah, yeah, they're not actually that bad at all. They're friends. And they're so good toys. That's right. And then through a series of things, <laughs> through this plan, <laughs> this hastily formed plan, Woody gets outside with a bunch of the other freakish toys, and um, they gotta save Buzz. And so they all split up amongst uh, around the the yard, and and Woody falls down in the middle of uh, some dirt, and Sid sees him, and he says, "Okay, what are you doing out here?" And he said, "Maybe we'll have a barbecue later," and puts a match yeah. in the in the holster, and so we know what what Woody's future was gonna be, and he throws him <laughs> on the barbecue. 
And um, just as Sid's about to light the the rocket to send Buzz up and for exploding, what happens? Uh, Woody says one of his pre-recorded phrases. Reach for the sky. Reach for the sky. And this confuses Sid. His head is still swimming from all the turpentine and pop tarts. <laughs> uh, I didn't pull a string that time. He, it's, it's not Easter, so I'm not on mescaline. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he picks up Woody, and Woody starts talking to him. Yeah. And all of the abused toys that are in the in the uh, uh, yard start coming up out of the sand and out of the mud and everything. And it's like a zombie movie now. <laughs> it's like Freaks. <laughs> It is exactly like Freaks. It's like the ending of Freaks. And then Woody says, you need to treat toys nice because we have eyes everywhere. And his head turns all the way around like in The Exorcist. Yeah. And so then he says, and then Woody actually moves and says. Yeah, he comes to life. Yeah. And uh, Sid appropriately starts screaming and running around. He runs into his house where his sister taunts him with a doll. He runs upstairs, contemplates suicide for a good 48 hours. No one will listen to him. No one will listen to him. Him about the toys all, all he has is this incident that he knows happened but no one will listen to him <laughs> so yay we, we defeated sid and now they've got to get over next door and so they run next door <laughs> <laughs> and buzz still has the rocket on his back yeah and um he can't get through the fence and woody jumps up and is about they're about to, the car's about to leave and then woody sees that buzz can't get there and and so he jumps down and helps buzz through the through the uh oh whatchamacallit through the the fence fence yeah and then the moving truck's leaving so they run behind the moving truck and there's a strap and woody grabs it grab no buzz grabs it gets up onto the thing woody grabs it and oh no the the next the neighbor's dog that they let outside he's chasing them <laughs> And he's got that a hold dog of Woody. Just hates toys. And so then Buzz saves Woody by jumping on the dog's face and gouging his eyes out with his thumbs or something. And the dog <laughs> falls off. And then Woody's there. And he, now he's got to save Buzz. So he opens up the back of the, the moving truck. And I don't know how many witnesses there are to all of this. <laughs> oh, my God. A toy just opened the back of a truck. But he goes in there and, and there's like two boxes and like a lamp in the back of the truck. There's not a yeah. whole lot. Did they really need to rent the moving truck? They over-rented. I don't think so. They over-rented. And he finds a box that says Andy's Toys. And he looks through the first one and the toys are like, oh, no, the, the murderer's back. And he <laughs> throws that aside and he grabs RC. <laughs> And he pushes RC out of the back of the out of the back of the um, moving van, and they're like, "He's killing more toys. We've got to <laughs> stop him. Somebody stop him!" And he's trying to tell him. So he drives RC underneath a car where Buzz is held out, staying away from the dog. And RC's there, and he jumps on RC, and he's trying to get the RC car to catch up to the truck so that he can get Buzz to show everybody that he's not a murderer. But before he can do that, they throw him out of the back of the truck, right? Oh, terrible. Yeah. But then he gets on to RC with Buzz, and now they're racing towards the truck, right? Yeah. And then they see them... <laughs> They see them and they find out that Woody was right all along. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't kill Buzz after all. <laughs> but he did attempt it, right? Yeah, he of course. tried, sort of. Yeah. Remember, it's always about intent. <laughs> and um, but oh no! And they, so they go through an inter- intersection where they cause a major traffic accident, and the dog gets trapped by a bunch of cars. Yeah. 
And then the batteries go out oh, man. on RC, and they stop, and the truck drives away, and everyone's sad. But then Woody remembers he's got a match in his holster that Sid put there, and he lights it, and then it goes out, and then we're like, oh, <laughs> oh so. man. But then, something that happened, which could never happen with a plastic dome, he... <laughs> The dome helmet on Buzz is acting like a magnifying glass, and it can make the light the fuse on the rocket, and that's exactly what he does, right? Yeah. And Woody gets on and then realizes that rockets explode once they reach a certain height, and then the rocket takes off and they're going super fast, right, Steve? Oh, yeah. And then Catching start- up with that van in no time. Yeah, and then they start going up in the air. And uh, Woody's holding on to RC, and he lets RC go, and he goes smashing into the back of the van. Doesn't matter if he's broken or not, because they dropped his remote control, which makes him a useless and uh, toy for Andy. Completely, he just gets thrown away so quick. He's just getting thrown away when they get to the new house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now the rocket's going up, Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Buzz just presses a button and his wings pop out, which detaches him from the rocket. And now they're falling. But because he has wings and there's totally aerodynamic, he starts <laughs> f- f- kind of like floating. Yeah, like gliding. Float, fly, glide flying. Yeah. Or falling with style. That's as what Buzz they say in it. the movie. Yeah. And they pass up the truck. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're not aiming for the truck. And he falls in the open sunroof of the car into an open box that's next to Andy. And Andy has been freaking out this whole time because his toys are missing, right? Oh, yeah. And, he and knows then they're just magically fact, there. They're just magically there. He doesn't stop and go, I look, there's so many times, Bob. Why didn't I see these? <laughs> They're Mom, laying on top of all the other stuff. Mom, did you put them there? Have you been Have doing you, this to me on purpose? Gaslighting me again, Mom, like you did with the kitten. Did you like when you did with the kitten? You said we had a kitten. <laughs> I heard a kitten. Never saw a kitten, Mom. <laughs> Just tell me the truth. <laughs> But they're the day. Andy picks both of them up and hugs them, right? Yeah, he's just happy. He's not asking questions. I never hugged a fucking toy after the age of seven. <laughs> anyway, now they're in the new house and it's Christmas time. And the snow is falling. And they're doing that thing again, aren't they, Steve? Yeah, they're freaking out because it's Christmas and they're, 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 there's going to be presents. There's going to be presents. So the army men are downstairs. You know, mom is sitting there and says, let's open presents at night for some reason. <laughs> they open them presents at midnight. People do that. <laughs> because in the morning, she is too wasted to deal. <laughs> hey, kids, new tradition. We're going to open presents Christmas Eve night. And Christmas Day doesn't start until about 4 p.m., okay? (laughs) Christmas dinner. Everyone has to shut up and be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Santa Claus ain't coming. I come downstairs, and if I don't come downstairs, have some toast for Christmas dinner, okay? (laughs) Have some toast. Merry Christmas. Anyway, so uh, they're getting the Christmas on, and and uh, Buzz is acting a little concerned about what toys are coming, right? Oh, yeah. And, and Woody's like, oh, come on. Don't worry about it. Andy will love us no matter what. I have to keep telling myself that every day <laughs> in a mirror. Every day, Andy will love us no matter what, and he'll never grow up, and he'll never grow old. That's right. How many times are we going to see him masturbate? I have no idea, (laughs) but probably a lot. A lot. Probably a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, the the things things Woody has seen. Uh (laughs) 
Anyway, so um, they're getting concerned, and he's like, "Oh, Buzz, oh, well, yeah, we're best friends now, and everything will be fine." And they pan out the window, and then we hear what the toy is, right? Yep. And what's the toy? Well, the well, the first they they say that uh, there's a Mrs. Potato Head, which makes Mr. Oh, yeah. Potato Head happy. But then, yeah, the big one that they're that they're worried about is it's not even a toy it's a puppy oh no and then they, they get a worried expression on their face the end <laughs> goodbye folks thanks for watching our computer movie hey what'd you think of that if you like it we'll make 900 more <laughs> so steve uh-huh how do you feel about this computer animated movie that started the commute computer animated genre which is directly responsible for things like Shrek and Shark Tale and oh so many bad things <laughs> how do you feel about Toy Story <laughs> I think the people who made it should be prosecuted <laughs> no I um okay you know it's I have a weird comparison to make because just recently a couple I guess a couple months ago I watched the original theatrical cut of Star Wars for the first time in a very long time uh-huh. And and then for this, watching Toy Story, it was the first time I had watched the original Toy Story in a very long time, too. And it was a similar experience of going back to the original movie of what yeah. has now become this big franchise and viewing it and judging it on its own terms. Yeah. And it's kind of revelatory. Like, it's 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 a treat to come back to this movie after so many years yeah. and so many sequels and just, you know, view it you know, on its own terms. Um, I really like this movie. I think Toy Story is, is a joy of a film. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so funny and it's so charming and so inventive. And I don't think those qualities really diminish all that much through the years or through repeated viewings. Uh, Tom Hanks, who I am a big fan of, and Tim Allen, who I am not a big fan of, <laughs> Are, he can be good. He can be good, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, they are absolutely perfectly cast as Woody and Buzz. They have a really lovely arc together through their relationship. And as individual characters, they each have a really nice character arc. Uh, the supporting characters, as we mentioned at the top, are perfectly cast and really well written. I love how neurotic they all are, but that their neuroses are those of toys, not those mm -hmm. of human beings. Like right. they have these very specific uh, hangups and anxieties that only toys would have. And and it shows you how much thought and how much care was put into the development and the writing, especially of, of the characters. Yeah. I love that Woody and Buzz aren't the same size. I love that they're manufactured at slightly different scales. Um, anyone who ever played with, with dolls or action figures from different toy lines will, will recognize what that's like. Like when you want to have your Super Friends action figures interact with your He-Man action figures and the scale just doesn't match up at all. Nope. Um, and Woody and Buzz <laughs> aren't that out of proportion with each other, but it's still noticeable. Mm -hmm. And and when I notice it, it makes me smile because I feel like that's a very true detail. The, the plot twists and turns in ways that we both expect and don't really expect. They, they set up the big move early on and you assume that that's going to be important and it is important, but it doesn't turn out to be important in exactly the way you probably expect it to. It's not as central to the story as you might expect going in. 
the, um, the major settings, Andy's house, the Planet Pizza restaurant, Sid's house, and then finally uh, the street as they're racing to catch up to the van are all meticulously designed and fully realized. They feel like real places with the details that are added. Um, the plot moves the characters from place to place in a way that feels natural. It doesn't feel forced or contrived, even though really it is. Like, of course, when you when you step back and look at it, like the contrivance of, oh, lucky thing there was a pizza delivery truck there, you know, like stuff like that. But when you're watching the movie, that stuff doesn't jump out at me. Um, it feels smooth. The, the sources of conflict and suspense all make sense. They all come naturally from the setting and the scenario, and they're used to reveal character or develop character. And it's for all these reasons that I think the best screenplay Oscar nomination was very well deserved because the script for Toy Story is a textbook example of how plot construction and characterization and theme can all work together. So as, as just as a piece of film writing, I think it's, it's a really, really nicely done work. Uh, I think I like the animation better than you do. I think I think I think it has held up a little more than 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 you do. Um, it definitely doesn't look as good as like for instance the animation in Toy Story Four. Like I do think the 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 production and the animation and the technical level is is way better now than it was back then. Well, but also I, their their animation has gotten better. Yeah, just the the animation of the characters has gotten better. Oh, for sure. It's, it's more fluid. It's more natural. It's it's. I'll, I'll talk about it when I do mine. Yeah, but it's yeah. So, but but I think I think I don't think the animation in in the original one looks all that bad. Um, I think it largely holds up, and one of the reasons why I think that it does hold up as well as it does is because the the creators made the wise decision to not even really attempt photorealism, especially when it comes to the human and the animal characters. Um, yeah. The the toys look more or less like actual toys like they look yeah. realistic for toys uh but the humans and the animals are cartooned and stylized so they're not really meant like andy isn't supposed to look like a real kid and, and so that and he doesn't <laughs> and, that, and that helps like it helps it to not because i feel like with this level of technology if they had tried to make a realistic looking human character that it would have been terrifying um mm. and and they 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 worked around that limitation I love Sid as the villain, I think, and he's the perfect adversary for a group of neurotic toys. Um, although I do have to say, we, we talked about the pro the various problems that Andy has. My yeah. biggest problem with Andy is the kid is just way too rough with his toys, man. Oh, boy. I mean, he's supposed to be the good guy. He's way too rough with his toys. He's I as would rough as, with his toys as kids are. I would have never invited Andy over to play with my toys when I was his age. After seeing how he smashes yeah, his toys together and throws them around. When you walk into a hushed, darkened room and there's a glass cabinet and you're like, okay, this is Stinkor. Do not take him out of the bag or he'll lose his stink. You merely are to stand here quietly and contemplate him. Where are your gloves? <laughs> Where are your gloves? I told you to wear a face mask. All right. Now, in this play scenario, <laughs> I, here's the script. He-Man is confessing to having bad thoughts about what he would like to do to Skeletor. It's like it's like we grew up together, you know? It's like we grew up together. Um, Meanwhile, I'm tying my ninth Chewbacca to the back of the car. Or, one time, taking my, taking my 15th Chewbacca, because for whatever reason, Chewbaccas were everywhere, rolling them... Yeah. 
<laughs> rolling him in bologna and trying to feed him to my grandmother's massive German shepherd named oh Godzilla. God. Oh my god. Which he would deftly extract the bologna and just spit Chewbacca on the ground. <laughs> and somewhere nearby you would be shaking your fist indignantly. I Damn literally it. tried to figure out how I could make a harness to put on my cat so that my Star Wars action figures could look like they were riding it. Well, that's, I mean, that, that I can kind of see that. I mean, okay. I, don't, never, I never attempted to force feed a Chewbacca to a dog. <laughs> Um, but you know, I love uh, I love the Frankenstein toys in Sid's room and how they turn out to be the good guys. I love Sid's flaw being a lack of empathy, and I love that his comeuppance is related to that. Um, I love Woody going through the character arc of uh, you know having to learn that he you know he can't just continue to be the big shot and be the boss, and yeah. he has to be he has to learn to be more accepting of of outsiders and of those who are different than he is. I love Buzz having to learn to accept himself for who he is, not for who he thought he was or who he was supposed to be. Like there's a lot of character stuff and, and thematic stuff that I really enjoy and think is good for kids to see, um, and. It is a great kids movie and it's a great movie just in general. It's a great movie that's entertaining for adults without feeling pandering or cynically calculated, which is a big thing because there are, I mean, it seems like pretty much every animated movie made since this has tried to hit sweet spots with both kids and adults. And sometimes that feels really, really manufactured. You know, they're like these these mm -hmm. pop, pop culture references that they just drop in that are completely wrong. Keep and it's throwing like, oh. in and throwing in and yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that one's just for the parents. You know, that's, that one's just to wake the parents up. And, and Toy Story doesn't feel that way. Um, and really, the, the most amazing fact I can think of about it is that the sequels are somehow even better. And that's mm -hmm. very impressive. Uh, because this one, the original one, is really a great movie. So, yep. There you go. Um, so Toy Story has its animation. It's animation only. It's not aged terribly well. But that's kind of what happens if we went back and we watched, a, a, you know, a black and white, you know, cartoon from the 1930s, 1920s. If we watched Alice in the Inkwell or something like that, or that fucking scary clown one that was around for a while or you know steamboat willie steamboat willie or bosco we'll look at that and we'll go oh okay as compared to you know whoever is doing 2d animation anymore i don't know who is but you know <laughs> cell painted animation we go okay we can see the advancements we can see the how the artistry is improved and that's the case with toy story and, you know, when you watch it, you really see, oh, they haven't figured that out yet. Oh, they haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> I remember seeing it when in 1995, being completely blown away by how good it was, how good the animation was and all that other stuff. Watching it again for the first time in, like, I would have to say at least 18 years, I was surprised at how raw it was. The animation is stiff. The humans don't move like people. They, they move like mannequins. And they're scary. They're, they have dead faces. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be a hindrance, especially since Andy figures so prominently in this story as a god figure. <laughs> and, and that's undeniable. He's a god figure to these toys. Sure, right? sure. But what works great about Toy Story is economy of storytelling. This movie is 80 minutes long. It took us nearly that amount of time to recap it. <laughs> <laughs> 
There is almost no exposition, and what exposition is in there is slipped in as single lines of dialogue that people are talking about. It's an event that's happening that they're going to have to contend with. There is nobody at the beginning of this movie going, you know when you're not at home, your toys come alive and talk to each other. They talk to each other about you. (laughs) (laughs) There's no pretense to that. Toys just come alive, and we accept it. As the premise of the film. It doesn't have to be explained or anything like that. These toys don't have, like, a toy god that comes down and says magically, Yo, your job is to make children happy. That that could just be Woody. That could just be Woody's philosophy. Um, but, like Steve said, the script works. The script works remarkably well to get us from point A to point B to point C. And also to get us to give a shit about some characters who do some truly, truly awful things. <laughs> Woody... I don't know if Woody has a redemption in this. He regrets... The, I mean, he was only trying to push Buzz behind the desk. That was his intent. But because of his jealousy and all of this other stuff, he causes all of this pain and he winds up in Sid's house. He basically goes to hell. <laughs> I don't remember hearing Woody saying I was wrong. I remember hearing Woody say how he is jealous of Buzz, but I don't remember him apologizing for anything. Am I saying that Woody's not a good character? He's not a heroic character? He doesn't give you... No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's interesting that you have a main character who does something awful and then works to fix it. And and at no point, even when he's trying to help Buzz through the fence, I'm like, okay, is he still doing that just so that the other toys don't rip him apart when he gets back to Andy's (laughs) room? Or is he doing it because they're now friends? Right. Inside me, I'm thinking, okay, they're now friends. Because Buzz is blameless. Buzz is going about his, he's a nice, he's a decent toy, right? And then we mind fuck him halfway through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to come. Either one of those two arcs, either Woody's arc or Buzz's arc, could have been the single arc for this movie. It could have been just Buzz's body, grease a bunch of toys, and then he has his mind blown and he has to figure out how to come back from that. Um, Thankfully, they managed to do both and still keep it at 80 minutes. So am I saying the movie's bad because uh, sometimes Woody's mouth is really scary? No, I'm not saying it's really bad because sometimes Woody's mouth is really scary. Um, I think that this is going to remain a classic film and people are going to recognize when it was made, right? What's going to pull this story along is its writing. Considering that it's set in a modern setting at the time, thank Christ there's no pop culture references or anything else to pin it down to a specific date. Unlike DreamWorks films that age very much like cheese left in the sun. (laughs) DreamWorks wants your money now, man. They don't care if you're still watching this shit in 30 years. (laughs) So despite from some drawbacks, what makes Toy Story a movie that you can go back to and still find it's good is its storytelling. What story is it telling? What characters has it presented? And they still hold up to this day. And so it's a classic, Steve. Classic? Oh, totally. Yes, absolutely classic. There you go. And if you don't like it, that's fine. I know people who hate CGI cartoon movies. But, you know, that's just a matter of preference. So, Steve? Yeah? Do you have a movie that you would like to not recommend? Oh, boy, sure. I sure do. So, I'm not a fan of Tim Allen. I know you're not. Um, In fact, you know, I like to say, if you had a dime for every good movie Tim Allen ever made that didn't have the words Toy Story or Galaxy Quest in the title, you'd have zero dimes. (laughs) I like Santa Claus. That that goes for TV, too. Uh, 
Eh, Santa Claus. Eh, okay, whatever. I can it's take not it awful. It. The first one's okay, I guess. I can take yeah. it or leave it. Um, I'm not going to not recommend the Santa Claus because, it, it, yeah, but I am going to not recommend another of the many, many seemingly endless series of absolutely abysmal films that Tim Allen has made. And uh, it's a movie that, that was actually fleetingly referenced uh, earlier in our show. It's uh, from 1997, and it is a remake of reportedly an even worse French film, which I did not see, so I can't speak to that. But yeah. it's called Jungle to Jungle. And oh. it's one of those movies that Tim Allen made after Santa Claus and, and Toy Story kind of gave him a film career. And he was like, yeah. I don't have to do home improvement for the rest of my life. And he started doing movies and he started doing really, 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 really bad movies. And mm -hmm. they kept letting him make the movies, which I still don't understand. But that's what happened. So Jungle <laughs> to Jungle is is a movie where Tim Allen plays this like stockbroker guy in New York and he has uh, a wife that he wants to get divorced from but the problem is his wife lives in Venezuela with a native tribe what okay that's the premise and he goes to visit his wife in Venezuela to get a divorce and it turns out that him and his wife have a child that he never knew about and the child lives as a member of this native tribe what? Yeah, that's <laughs> just part of the movie. Mm -hmm. So the child, his son, comes back to live with him in New York and hijinks ensue. Oh, I and, bet they're funny hijinks. Oh, they're so funny and not racist at all. And... Uh, <laughs> And it, here's the thing, it, it, even without like the cultural insensitivity and like the noble, the condescending noble savage bullshit that they throw yeah. in, even without that, it would be a terrible, terrible, unfunny movie uh, that wastes the talent of some truly talented people like uh, Martin Short and David Ogden Stiers and a couple of other like genuine, uh, Joe Beth Williams is in it. And she's, I mean, she's a, a good actress generally, nothing to mm. do in this, absolutely no. nothing to do in this. Um, Martin Short, I think I mentioned already, but he's, uh, I mean, it's uh, uh, other than Tim Allen, a good cast, uh, completely wasted, not terribly unfunny and predictable and schmaltzy and just awful. Uh, Gene Siskel named it the worst film of the year, <laughs> the year that it came out. And uh, that's my not recommendation. If you like Toy Story and you think, oh, I wonder what else Tim Allen has done. God, for God's sake, just watch Galaxy Quest or another Toy Story movie. That's it. That's the only place you're safe if you want to see good Tim Allen stuff. Um, definitely don't watch Jungle to Jungle. Okay, that's my term. And as you guys yes. know, I like to re not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie we just reviewed, and it's 1995. And an animated movie, a traditional 2D animated movie, came out that got accused of color coding. <gasps> because all the bad guys were brown. No. And all the good guys were coded as white. No. What kind of animation artist could be accused of that? Disney? No, because they have a whole bunch of people that go over their movies to make sure that they don't get that stuff. Oh, wait, no, they don't, because everybody in their movies are white, with the exception of maybe the Lion King or like Aladdin. Oh, I know they did that, too. Uh, I don't I don't know. Anyway, this got accused of color coding, and it it's a movie about penguins. Oh. And it's a movie from Don Bluth. Oh. And it's a movie that had a musical soundtrack by Barry Manilow. Oh. <laughs> and it's a movie called The Pebble and the Penguin. Oh, man, I faintly remember this. It's a sack full of garbage. <laughs> and I don't recommend anyone ever watching it. 
Um, it was cheaply made. It, the animation is awful. The characters are annoying. The music is bad. And yeah, I guess you could kind of say when you make all of the bad guys dark brown and all the good guys kind of white, that you are color coding. Was it their intention? Probably not. But I mean, it didn't help this movie. No one went to go see it. It's a Don Bluth film. You know, the mark of If you give him a gun with 12 rounds, eventually he'll hit a target. <laughs> Damn. Well, I mean, even my favorite movie of his, Secret of Nim, didn't make a whole lot of money. No, right? that's true. That's very and true. And lots of people know the other movies by reputation, but I mean, All Dogs Go to Heaven is awful, awful. It's an awful movie. And you name me other than Anastasia, which makes me so angry that I can't see straight. <laughs> for its misrepresentation of history. <sighs> Yeah. And what was the other one? That was uh, Fievel, Fievel Goes to yeah. New York or whatever it's called. <laughs> Fievel American Goes Tale. to New York. <laughs> that had more to do with Steven Spielberg than it did Don Bluth. I, I, as you guys might not tell, when Don Bluth is left to make his own stories, they're boring and they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what this movie is. Boring and weird and annoying and just awful. So don't see it. The Pebble and the Penguin. Hey, Steve. Hey, yeah, what? What is it? You know, I was thinking maybe we've done some children's fair. Sure. And since my memory is going quickly, I don't even remember what we did before that. Oh, we did the Casablanca, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. There's a genre we've never done. There is? Yeah. It's a genre that I don't understand why it's a genre, but I uh, guess it is because enough movie made movies like it. Oh, boy. Okay. You know what genre that is? What genre that is? Erotic thriller. Oh, boy. You know, oh. you take a thriller and you have people fucking it. Yeah, erotic. And then it becomes it. an erotic thriller. Yay. I guess you can put erotic in front of anything. An erotic children's movie where you see the happy mouse meets the happy rabbit and then two people fucking it in the middle and it becomes an erotic children's film. An erotic musical. Sure, why not? It, it was called O Calcutta, wasn't it? Weren't, weren't, weren't there naked people in that? I'm pretty sure there was. So we're doing erotic thrillers, and guess what, Steve? What? It's time for you to blindly choose oh, between boy. three movies that I have selected. Oh, boy. Steve I... does not know what these movies are, and the one he picks is the one that we're going to review next oh, time. Man. So, Steve, A, <laughs> B, or C? <sighs> C. C. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> much like the decrepit night at the end of The Last Crusade. <laughs> You have chosen wisely. Oh, good. Had you chosen A, we uh -huh. would have watched Fatal Attraction. Okay. Had you chosen B, we would have watched Basic Instinct. Oh, okay. But instead, you chose C. So the next movie we're going to review is the neo-noir erotic thriller Bound. Oh, hey. Okay. I haven't seen it in a long time. No, me neither. So, if you guys want to get all the jokes and find out how insensitive we are about lesbians being portrayed on on film, <laughs> then please tune in to the next Late Seating Podcast and our review of Bound. And that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening once again. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives, but don't you get it? You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> Steve, okay... 
Um, usually this doesn't happen until after we're done with the show. You're not Mrs. Nesbitt. But okay, you're Steve Shives. I have, but the hat. See the hat? No, no. The, I, I, yes, the hat's lovely. I, but you're At you're least not say Mrs. that the hat looks good. The, the hat looks good. Hat, okay. But here's the thing, Steve. Oh, God. Oh, no. Steve, he's making tea now. I'm going to make some more tea. Please don't. Would you Please like some? Please just sit down. No, I don't want it's, any it's tea. It's Darjeeling. Steve, you're have not even tea. holding anything in your hands have now. Some, come on, have some tea. Steve, please. It's, you're, ma- it's, you're making, you're being rude now. Just have Were some tea. Were you wearing those clothes under your sweater? What? So what? They don't even fit you. Where did they come from? They make me feel comfortable. They look an awful lot like your landlady's clothes. Well, what she doesn't miss out of her closet won't hurt. <laughs> Fine. Let's la- let's have this psychotic break later. Okay. Can you say goodbye to everybody? Yeah. Okay. Can you do it, please? Yeah. Okay. Right. Right now. Yes, please. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. What was your doctor's number again? <laughs> <laughs> Late seating is a let me listen podcast production. Featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.